Tracy Tully and you're listening to Tracy Tully Talks at bbsradio.com, the place to be right now, streaming live with another 60 minutes of thought-provoking topics, sharing with you conversations that are relevant today, tomorrow and in the future. Join me each week on Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Australian time, AEST, 5 p.m. Wednesday PT, hello Los Angeles. If you miss the live show, jump onto your favorite podcasting platform and you'll find me on Tracy Tully Talks. We do have some adult language, so if you have some little ones around, pop on your earphones. Hello, and it's Tracy Tully here from Tracy Tully Talks, and I'm wishing you a wonderful day wherever you are across the world. With me today in the studio is Zelda Marsh, and Zelda Marsh has been with us before. So way back in November 2020, Zelda spoke to us about divorce, and her business is Manifest Merriment. Zelda is also an author of Bounce Back Ability, but today we're going to talk about mindset, and it's fairly important that uh, our mindsets are in the right gear. So we're going to talk about our road journey today. So if you can't get in the car and turn on the key because you procrastinate or you feel fear or you are worried about something, then you won't be able to get your car out on the road, onto the highway, onto the motorway where you need to be to really enjoy life at the fullest. So I'm going to introduce you to Zelda. How are you, Zelda? Hi, Tracy. I'm really well, thank you. How are you today? Not too bad at all. Absolutely lovely. So Zelda's going to tell you a little bit about what she does, listeners, and uh, she's got quite a few uh, topics there that uh, she covers in her business. Okay. Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me here and listening to what I've got to say today. So um, I am Zelda Marsh. My business is called Manifest Merriment. My general niche is working with women after divorce. I'm an author of the book, as Tracy mentioned earlier, Bounce Back Ability, Reclaim Your Power and Passion After Divorce. And I am actually a holistic therapist and a spiritual life coach. And they kind of all do complement each other in their own way kind of just all flow and a lot of the work I do is all about the mindset you know how I encourage my clients to move away from the past you know know that the past doesn't serve them anymore so it's getting their mind in the right places to move forwards and put themselves in a healthier state of mind to be able to live a happier healthier life and that's generally how I live my life too, Hmm. if that makes sense to you. It certainly does. So some of the things that we've discovered in Australia with with statistics is that one in six women suffer depression and one in three women in Australia suffer from anxiety. Now probably those numbers have escalated quite a lot over the last 12 months, but uh, Prior to COVID, it was bad enough. So you can imagine it now just in Australia. And I can well imagine that those statistics are very high right across the world. So one of the things that we do have to help people with, and one I work with constantly with clients, is that we need to help people with their mindset. And what does that mean? All that means, first up, is having a positive outlook on each day. 
And I start with uh, my morning with what I call my five micro habits. And with my five micro habits, they are little tasks I do and I leverage them onto every common morning routine. So I'm going to run through them really quickly. And if you're struggling a little bit with how you start the morning and you also procrastinate, these are really good, simple uh, points or habits for you to develop. The reason being they're free and you cannot use a single solitary excuse for not doing them. They don't cost you anything. You do them right in your bedroom and you don't have to go to a gym, no membership. Nothing can stop you from doing that. So the first one is when you wake up first thing in the morning, you open up your eyes, don't look at the clock because the first thing you're going to do is go, oh, I've got this to do or this to do, and your mind will automatically shift into the gear of fight or flight. We don't want that. When we first wake up in the morning and open our eyes, we want our mind in the gear of doing action that we want, not feeling fear and emotion. So the first thing I want you to do when you wake up in the morning is roll onto your back, stretch out, and take five deep breaths. Five deep breaths. Very, very simple. And why do we do it lying down on our back? Because then we know our body is in its best posture for breathing correctly. So what we're doing is we're teaching our body to breathe correctly. Why do we need this? Because what it does is breathing correctly helps us to think positively and it also helps us to speak with the correct pauses that allow us confidence when we speak with other people. Next habit, first habit breathing, second habit, always have a glass of room temperature water at the side of your bed or a bottle preferably not plastic, preferably glass. And make sure you have a top on it because you don't want any um, daddy long legs. That's these spiders here in Australia. I don't know if you have them where you come from. They're, They're perfectly harmless, but you don't want to be drinking them, that's for sure. So after your five breaths, sit up, have the glass of water, and then stand up. And as you would think, after a night's sleep, it's going to push through your body very, very quickly and collect all the toxins on the way. So you're going to toddle off to the bathroom and you're going to go to the toilet, lavatory, whatever you call it, the throne here in Australia, all sorts of different names for the toilet. I'm not going to go through them right now, but the toilet. Go to the toilet and when you flush the toilet, this is when you do your third very simple task. And this task is squat like a man. Now, what does that mean? Women don't squat correctly. And a physiotherapist told me this when I did a lot of damage to my leg snow skiing and um, I snapped something quite major and uh, that was one of the major uh, exercises I had to do to help me learn to bend my leg again, to be able to even ski, run, walk, swim. Squat like a man, which means you don't look pretty when you squat, ladies. You get your bum right out behind you and you squat down and you'll feel a little bit of tightening and burn in the top of your legs. That's good. Just do five. That's all I'm asking. Five after you finish the toilet then pop over to the sink and wash your hands. Look in the mirror and say an affirmation for the day. Something as simple, very simple as it's going to be a great day today. Now, if you're like me, you'll, you'll mix it up every day. It's going to be a great day today. 
Bonjour, Tracy. It's going to be such a wonderful day today. I'm going to have a great day today. Mix it up because what you're doing is you're reconnecting your brain to what you want. If you open up your eyes and look at the clock and go, oh, I'm running late for work. Oh, I've got to get the kids ready. Oh, that's how you're going to operate. Oh, not good. So we want to reconnect our brain to do what we want in a, in a good way, in a positive way. After that, the fifth habit is lift some weights. So start with, if you've never lifted weights before, start with two empty bottles of plastic bottles the same and fill them full of rice and you should have roughly, roughly if it's a little soft drink bottle, uh, about a kilo. If not, go and buy them at the shop and then five arm lifts, okay? Five micro habits, five very, very simple little habits to do that cost you nothing other than a very small amount of time to set your mindset first up in the morning to be positive. What have you got? What sort of um, tips and tricks have you got? I love listening to your tips. They get me every time and I've actually followed them before. Um, They're very similar to mine, although I have a slightly variation because I'm me, obviously. And, okay, so because I work with, obviously, clients that have gone through the mill, so to speak, so they can be depressed, very anxious, highly strong, uncertain. And, of course, like the rest of us, we've all had 2020 on us Mm. and we've had a very uncertain year. Whether you've taken positives out of it or not, it's still affecting us even if you're not aware of it, yeah. it, it it's in there deep. Yeah. So what I do is I start the night before, mm. before you go to sleep. And everything I do as well is free, very attainable and very achievable. And it is about if you're feeling really, really low, depressed and a bit of in need of some self-care, go to sleep hugging yourself in fetal position it's very effective. It might seem really weird at, at first. If you sleep on your own, then it doesn't matter. Um, you, you lay yourself on your right-hand side because what this does, like with any breathing exercise, is what I do. Mm-hmm. If you lay on your right-hand side, you're actually relaxing the heart. You're taking the weight away from the heart so that mm-hmm. the, the, the blood and the oxygen flow through your body um, quicker. So we lay, up, we lay on the right side and we hug ourselves and we – Tell ourselves something lovely. Tell us one nice thing that we felt good about in that day. And then you'll go to sleep on that note. So you're already going to sleep with the mindset ready for the next day. Now, if you're anything like me, when you get up in the morning, the last thing you want is that do-do alarm. I do not have an alarm. My husband does, and I always say it's like being attacked because Mm. it's aggressive. It's this loud noise, and it's like really... It doesn't put me in the really best frame of mind to start my day. So I do like to wake up naturally. Sound of birds in the background is really good. And it works really well for me. So it's to, if you've got the opportunity to wake up naturally, then do that. If not, choose something like a heart playing or something really calming to wake you up in the morning instead of some aggressive, loud noise, because you've already put that energy inside your brain. That's already set your day chaos 
even though you don't realize that's happening mm. that that's happening you, you've you've triggered mm. something so so wake up nicely do the breathing again if you do a mindful meditation you don't need to hear anything else but your own thoughts but just think about one good thing one good thing you want to achieve today whether it's you know you want to wash your hair today you know you want to do something selfless you know or you need to bake something or cook a nice meal or you need to go to the somewhere outside something simple something that's not going to overwhelm you um if you are a busy business person and you have lots of things you do need to do and you're easily overwhelmed or you get anxious all you need to set yourself three tasks three Three things you do want to do and three things you don't want to do. Anything else after that's a bonus. So if you've just set three, three simple tasks and you've just achieved those three, your mind's already in a good positive place. You're not trying to achieve beyond your capabilities. You're not trying to cause all these um, anxious hormones running through your body and all the, or your brain's not going to be overwhelmed and, you know, things like that. Um, water is a definite yes start your day with water if you can chuck a little bit of lemon in there that's really mm. good because it's great for detoxing everything in your body mm. and if you are lucky enough to be able to go outside and stand on the earth or stand on some sand stand on some grass or some natural environment and just take a few deep breaths take in mother nature honestly you're 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 already set yourself in a beautiful, calm, positive environment and your your whole attitude for the day will start on a really, really positive mindset. So doesn't take much. No, that's right. And it's just a matter of a habit, forming habits. And as you notice, Zelda's not from Australia. And we spoke about this last year, but I love I love her her advice about when you're in bed, hug, hug yourself. Hug, oh my, I, hug yourself. I love it. Sorry. Hug yourself. No, don't say sorry. I'm not making fun of you. No, I'm actually using it as a really good thing to to uh, for you to remember. I love it. I love her accent. Well, actually, we we have a group um, called the Delicious Dames Dining, who uh, meet once a month here where I am, and that's why Zelda's in the room with me today because she's travelled here and. Um, where I'm broadcasting from, from and me. and uh, we uh, we I started this group specifically last year to help women who were struggling with anxiety and depression due to the isolation of COVID, and also to help our local area support hospitality. And you didn't have to be in a business; you could be anyone. You could just come along and join. And the table is so much fun. It is such a fun event. And I wouldn't even call it an event. It's just a bunch of women getting together who don't know each other, meet each other, and after a few hours dining out, we have a lot of fun. I also started uh, another one for lunchtime, and so that's for those stay-at-home women or business women who work for themselves, etc. And it's called a long ladies' lunch, and the long ladies' lunch is great fun as well. And it's worked. It's growing. It's growing exponentially. So wherever you are in the world. If you're looking to connect with people, all I did was throw it up on Facebook and say, here it is, long ladies lunch, let's do it. If you want to meet new people and connect, then come along. You pay for your own meal, your own drinks. There's no membership fees. Turn up 6.30 at dinner time uh, for a 7 o'clock order. 
or 11.30 for a 12 o'clock order at lunch or whatever. It's that simple. So if you want to try and do something to help yourself also, get out of that comfort zone, get out of your bubble and meet other people and connect. It's a really good idea. Something that uh, I've found with a lot of clients, a lot of people I work with over the decades has been fear. And fear is very real. And if you have been listening to me, uh, you would have heard about my book, Fearless. And it's written in a way, the print is fear less for a reason. Because fear is an emotion. It's an emotion. It's a very unpleasant emotion. But it doesn't and shouldn't rule our lives. Now, three things that will help us to handle fear is self-awareness, confidence, and a really good attitude. Now, that's hard. Those three are hard to get when you're in a state of depression or anxiety or self-loathing. They all come together in one or fear. So how do we help ourselves beat fear? And can we? We most certainly can because all it is is an emotion, it's not like we've had our leg cut off. It's not like we've, we've you know, contracted a disease. It is emotion. It is something that we can disconnect from and reconnect as long as we have the tools to do that. So one of the things I always say to people is, number one, get out of your comfort zone. And when we're in our comfort zone, it's very, very easy, number one, to make excuses Number two, to use the blame game and blame everyone else but yourself. And number three, just tune out and not do anything. So to get out of your comfort zone, you really do need to think about having a positive attitude, and we've just spoken about that. Zelda's talked about resetting before you go to sleep. I've talked about resetting before you get out of bed. And just those two very simple dirt cheap habits, micro habits will set you up for a good day. Now, you probably wouldn't have realized with my five micro habits, if you were to do five breaths in the morning and you were to increase it every morning to 10, 15, 20, then what you're doing is you're teaching your body to be disciplined in the correct way of of breathing. Because we breathe right up here. We breathe very shallowly which clamps up our throat, clamps up our our mouth, clamps up our voice and automatically brings on fear. But if we breathe deeply, and I mean below your belly button, and we do that, then we're exercising our body so we fatigue or we feel less fatigue or being tired. So that's really important. Number one, breathe properly. Always breathe properly and you'll be able to cope with situations where you feel fear. Number two, when you do your five squats in the toilet, uh, after the toilet, not in it, (laughs) um, what you want to do is think again how many times you go to the toilet in the day. If you repeat that habit, every time you go to the toilet in the day, it could be five, five fives or 25, simple maths, 25 squats you've done today and you didn't need to pay for a gym membership. Those 25 squats will help you because we're building up our core strength. Same thing with the lifting the weights. So you might start with five today or tomorrow morning and then every morning you'll add another five, another five, another five. So it's 75 for me because I stopped over Christmas and had a little break and then I have to kick it back again and, yeah, 75 now. So if if I can do it and I'm 60, you can do it. There's nothing stopping you at all ever. So mastering your fear 
is about building your resilience and you build your resilience by getting out of your comfort zone. What sort of advice do you have for our listeners about that comfort zone? Oh, the comfort zone's one of those big cliches, isn't yeah. it? You hear it so many times. And look, you don't have to go, if you've got a fear of heights, go up a lift or a mountain or anything like that. It's all about taking baby steps. If you're afraid to, you know, pick up a spider, which I am that person, the example would be, Learn to start looking at pictures of them. Just do just do something that will lead you towards getting you out of your comfort. And the breathing that you discussed, mm. sorry, I just wanted to track back on that because mm. um, I'm very big on breath and breathing mm. and meditation, as you are well aware. Yeah. I, I can't wait to keep talking about this because I actually think it's very, very important. Meditation is just breathing with thought. It's... Everybody does it. They don't realize they do it. Um, there's there's nine different types of meditation. But for your breath, if you're just out in the country or out in the garden, sat in the park, sat in the coffee shop, just watching the world go around, you're meditating because you're focusing on, on the one thing, you're breathing. And as long as you feel that you're having your breath, if you're stressed, if you're anxious, or if you're feeling irate or angry or any of them emotions, what we all go through from time to time, just breathe and then think about what you want to say. Just take that one step back and take a breath. You will be surprised how much of a better person you'll be just for that. Just, you know, mm-hmm. because you're, you're, you're thinking, you're becoming conscious, you, you're having awareness of what you're going to do. Far too many times, like myself in the past, I mean, I've learned to do this over a lot of years um I used to act first think later well I flipped that and my life is phenomenal now because I I learned and um so breathing breathing let's get back to breathing breathing can help relax you calm you down stop you getting angry stop you saying things you'll regret stop you feeling resentfulness um oh the list is phenomenal um, it, it de-stresses us, it calms us down, it just gives us a minute to focus. Anybody studying, if you take a few minutes to breathe before you go, your mind's in a better place. Um, like I said, you can just go on and on. So comfort zone. Comfort zone is fear of change. And I think we've all been guilty of that from time to time in our lives. I... I'm very good with change. Mm. I embrace change. Having said that, I know a lot of the clients I've worked with have been doing the same thing for 20, 30, 40 years. So they know nothing different. So they have this fear of change. And all that is, in my opinion, all that fear of change is, is the past. You're allowing the past to stop your future because you're stuck here. You can't move on because you're afraid of what is going to come. It's the unknown, the uncertainty. It's that big Mm. fear word. It's that big not knowing. And again, no one's saying jump out there. It's Mm. having that awareness of knowing what you've got now and knowing what you can't change and then deciding how you're going to deal with that in order to, to move forwards and step outside 
what you think is your comfort zone. You know, let go of the apron strings, let go of the, the cords that are attaching you, your comfort blankets, you know, you'll find new comfort once you realize that you're not mm. doing the things that you did before. Tiny, tiny little changes. And these micro habits become a way of life. The more you say something to yourself is with affirmations and mantras and meditations, the more you repeat something, the more your thoughts will stay, you know, will change with you because you're changing your thoughts. It becomes a habit. It becomes a way of life, a new way of life. So you're not forcing change. You're gradually increasing all these new little things, these new thoughts, which take away the old thoughts. So you're no longer attaching yourself to a past pain, hurt, trigger. You, you gradually becoming what you think now is your out your comfort zone becomes a way of life, becomes yeah. a normality, becomes a normal thought. Mm. That's right. And change is something that probably 90% of people don't cope with. And we saw that definitely with COVID. So COVID was uh, a really good example of what happens when people have to change very quickly. And I, I remember many, many, many years ago, quite a few decades ago now, we, we were newly married and we had a, a major flood, massive flood, and we lost everything, absolutely everything in our home. So the water was up to the ceiling and it was very fast moving. But in the course of the day of the town flooding that we were living, our place was out of flood for quite a long time. And when we went to the SES, uh, which are the people who told us whether the, the flood had peaked and was finished. Um, that's what we have here, the state emergency service. When we went to the SCS at about oh, five o'clock in the afternoon, they said it's over, it's peaked, you can go home now. So we had been lifting furniture all day, just moving through the town, helping people. We went home and we had quite a collection of people with us who had lost their homes and we were celebrating as you would and we were having something to eat and we were having a few drinks and all of a sudden I heard this incredible noise and it sounded, I kid you not, like a train, a freight train. It was very, very loud and it was almost like it was in the room. And I'm looking at everyone going, what's that noise? What's that noise? And everyone's laughing and, oh, what noise? And all of a sudden everyone stopped and they heard it. And what it actually was was a big wave of water washing down on our house and on the whole town. We were speechless, as you do, and I looked to the corner of the room and water was just seeping in and rising, literally rising so quickly. And then the phone rang and I picked it up and my sister said, oh, yeah, how are you going, the flood? And I said, no, we're right. I said, we were right today, but we're not now. It's coming in now. Caroline, we're leaving the house. We're actually going to have to swim now out of the house and you won't hear from me again because the mobiles and the phones won't work, but I'm safe. Just just tell mum uh, we're safe. And the water rose so quickly, we only had time to organise who could swim and who couldn't, and we dived off the veranda. So my husband and I each had a non-swimmer attached to our shoulders. The water was very cold, very fast. It was in April. We had working dogs with us, and they all swam along with us. And our legs and arms were absolutely lacerated with wire because we were um, swimming over wire fences and there was wire and wood and timber and metal and sheets of metal in the water. It wasn't a fun night. 
So coming back from that, coming back to our home, the whole world changed. We'd lost everything and we had to adapt to whatever we could. And it was very difficult. But what I noticed in that time in the message this story is the number of people who started doing terrible things to other people, stealing their food, stealing their belongings when they were asleep because everyone had to sleep at the airport in the big big sheds, the hangars, mm. and on cement, cold cement floors and they're wet. And the some of these nasty people would steal their blankets from the old people while they were asleep. And a lot of people passed away from as a result of um, you know, the stress, etc., from that ordeal. So COVID once again was another ordeal that we needed to be very aware of and change our habits. And it's something to be aware of. So to have a deeper understanding of ourselves and how we cope in these situations, we need to observe and participate in difficult situations one step at a time. So it could be something as simple as learning something new. Learning something new. It is that simple. Yeah. Also, if, if you don't mind mm. me um, mm. adding here, it's all about taking responsibility mm. and ownership on what happens around you, how you deal with things, how you react to things, how you um, act on what's happening around you, like mm. the COVID. There's absolutely um, nothing that you can do to prevent that virus. No. What you can do is be responsible you know, do all what's advised by the government, you know, wear your masks, wash your hands, um, stay in isolation, do all the things that is recommended from the health authorities because they have the best of information and the best resources. You take that responsibility, then you're helping not only yourself, you're helping the rest of the world. Mm. You're helping contain this. You're doing something good. And look, we, we know people are, are anxious. We know people need to work. We know people need to go to the stores to get their belongings. And we know people really, really want to see their family and their loved ones. You know, people have mental health issues. People have anxiety issues. People have needs and wants. It's a temporary measure. Be responsible for what is here now. Don't, you know, if you go into the panic mode of, well, I need to do this, I need to do that. You don't need to, you want to. And you have to own that and be responsible. As you do with the way you react to things, the way you think, the way you choose to live your life, you have to take responsibility for your own decisions. And that's with anything with mindset. And mindfulness mm. is all about you being responsible, having ownership and making the right choices. Mm. It's, it's interesting because I spent Christmas down south and, and so it was a 16-hour drive for me. And as you may or may not know, if you follow if you follow Tracy Tully Talks, you know I, I love long-haul driving and a 16-hour drive is uh, long-haul for me and I love it to bit, especially in my Isuzu D-Max beautiful car. But, <laughs> uh, but in saying that, what it's doing is it's giving, it gave me the ability to see my, my daughter again because I hadn't seen her for 12 months as that has happened across the world for lots of people and some people still haven't seen their loved ones for a long time. And the same with my husband. I didn't see him for 12 months either because he was uh, stuck in another 
part of Australia and we couldn't see due to the regulations for COVID. So what happens in these situations is your whole world is changed. And as we know, connection with your loved ones is usually the very first thing that will affect you, usually the very first thing. And then, of course, it's your basic needs like food, shelter, sleep, water. They're your basics. And that's how I saw a lot of the older older people um, not coping at all well. And my mother was one of those. She really struggled with that isolation. But it wasn't just that. It was that constant negative chatter about COVID this, COVID that, COVID this. And everywhere they went, that's all they saw and heard. And they weren't allowed out of their homes. They weren't allowed out of their complexes. And it was very, very difficult. So what do we do about that? And that's going back to the five micro habits, going back to what you're saying, Zelda, and changing your mindset into a positive mindset. Utilize the time in isolation or use, use, utilize your life to learn more constantly learn more yeah as well I had a situation as you are aware last year um my mom who would be 70 today her birthday would be 70 she passed away um very short notice last July in in England and because of the COVID I wasn't allowed to go to her funeral being the eldest daughter, it actually should have been my responsibility. I know I talk about responsibility, but my traditional role, should I say, to arrange a funeral and let particular people know. And for any of you that's lost anybody, you'll you'll know what's involved. And yeah, that was really difficult. COVID was the reason, I won't say excuse, it was the reason I couldn't go do the things that I should have could have and would have done had I been there or been able to travel. However, did that completely stop me being involved? No. My mindset, my mindfulness, the way I think, um, bit outside the box, made it work. I happened to use a very close family member in England. It took a lot of phone calls. It took a lot of letters. But we made the funeral happen. Um, from the other side of the world, um, I managed to get somebody to do a live video. I was I was actually at the funeral through a live recording, and uh, obviously there was only so many people allowed there because of the restrictions in England. A little bit like America, they've been hit really, really bad with it. Mm-hmm. And so, the mindset was okay. I can't do this. Do I wallow in self pity? Do I just miss out completely because obviously I couldn't physically be there? No, my mindset was, okay, how do we make this work? How can I achieve what I need to achieve from a distance? And we did, we made it work because I stepped back, took a breath and did some thinking and we made it work. So it is, it is again, you know, if you want things to work, they can if you put your mind in the right place. And I know it's not easy, but it can be done. Anything's achievable if you allow it. Exactly. Yeah. And and um, that that's what one of the biggest problems, one of the biggest causes of fear is a perceived threat or danger. And the threat is where we are threatened in terms of, leaving our comfort zone, the danger is, is, is very real. 
but so is a perception of a threat to our normal daily lives or how we would hope or expect to to do something or have something occur for us. Our daughter and uh, our future son-in-law now uh, became engaged last year and we weren't able to be there to celebrate. But at the end of the day, we were able to celebrate at Christmas time and see them. They aren't able to marry uh, this year as they would have hoped because all the people who lost the opportunities last year have to come first this year mm-hmm. and you adapt. And that's just minor on the scale of things mm-hmm. because we know what uh, havoc um, COVID caused, and that is not my conversation today, COVID. No, it's What we're not, talking no. about is your mindset. So I'm going to disconnect there and reconnect us, reset us to a thinking of how do we start our day with a positive mindset by leveraging our common uh, morning routine to get us in that right frame framework, that right mindset, and then that can help us through the day to build our ability to take responsibility and make good decisions instead of rash, spur-of-the-moment, knee-jerk decisions, which we've all done. We've we've all done it, haven't we? None of us are perfect. What not to do as well. I um, can't express this enough. So many of us, like, use our phones for alarms. So you pick the phone up, not that I have an alarm, but I know a lot of people uh, actually need one. So you pick your phone up to turn the alarm off. So while you've got your phone in your hand, you're like, oh, let me just check my emails. Oh, let me just check social media. And having done this, you've instantly stopped thinking about you. you, you you're thinking about other people's worlds, other people's lives, other people's interests and what's going on in the world, not your world, not yourself. You're not giving yourself any part of you. So that is a big one for me. You know, spend a little bit of time, pick a book up, pick up something, read something. Ring a friend. Ring a friend you haven't spoken to for a long time. <laughs> I don't know if I would want to do that first thing in the morning. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I think for me, it'd be like, you know, do something, listen to some beautiful music if yeah. you want to, you know, listen to a, a beautiful podcast. No, <laughs> you know, do a meditation if you like me. Or, or read a beautiful book, read something that's going to inspire you for the day, you know, read an affirmation, read, do a little mantra, you know, do something that's going <laughs> to, okay, if you've got beautiful friends that are going to set you up on the beautiful day without telling you all their woes of, he said, she said, the neighbours kept them up with the dogs barking and stuff like that, that is not going to put your mind in a wonderful place for the start, Tracy. <laughs> I've got a a sister who who starts at 4 a.m. in the morning and you've probably all out there got someone who's a shift worker or starts very early in the morning. She's not exactly a shift worker. She has massive hours, I suppose, like myself. But we're very conditioned to waking up very, very early in the morning. And... uh, and she so she's a racehorse trainer and uh she's a racehorse breeder and so she's out on the track at 4am and and around there and uh, she's got these beautiful animals and so yeah we, we'll, we'll talk to each other quite easily early in the morning and if we want our mum to get out of bed and give her a bit of a nudge <laughs> we ring up and say do you need to go to the toilet <laughs> Girls, do you do that? <laughs> yeah. That's cute. I know we do that to the cute. kids too. Isn't that awful? No, but if we know she has to get up for an appointment or something, 
and um, we'll do that with our kids too. Well, we that's a lovely them. mouthful thing. Yeah, it is. Annoy, annoy, annoy. <laughs> it's your favourite mother here. You've only got one, so treasure her. <laughs> yeah, well, I haven't. <laughs> no, no, that's right, no. And uh, this, I'm just talking to my kids, sorry. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. But, yeah, yeah, I'm very fortunate I have a 90-year-old mother. Yeah. I have a daughter up the road. Do I do the mummy thing? Yeah. <laughs> She'll message me with the little one, the picture, even though we live in the same suburb, yeah. you know, we're around the corner and, you know, she'll send me a little picture of what little one's doing and, yeah, she, that I like. I do like things yeah. like that. So connections is really important, True. whether it is a connection via phone, via computer like we're doing now, whether it's a connection like, um, you know, a delicious dame's dining, just a, a group of people who don't know each other who get together and meet. And uh, you're learning something new every day. I learned a lot last night from some of those people that we were sitting at the table with oh, that I've yeah. never met before. Some really interesting, Beautiful, really yes. interesting uh, people with uh, who do all sorts of different things. Same with our long ladies' lunch. It's very exciting, very, very, um, very fortunate and privileged to meet other people like that. And they trust to come together. And sometimes that's what we have to do to connect with others when that connection isn't happening because as humans we need that connection. We need it. Which is why we're here today. So don't forget to give yourself a hug. Your hug. hug. Yeah, give yourself a little hug. hug. Be grateful for a little bit of something that you've done. Be, you know, be proud of a moment, you know, or at least do something today and every day. But just for today, I want you to do something and... I want you to give yourself a pat on the back for it. I want you to give yourself a little bit of praise, a little bit of well done, because you know you deserve it. And quite often we forget to remind ourselves that we have done something fabulous. We forget to remind ourselves that we are good people. And we forget to remind ourselves that we're worthy of compliments and we need to show ourselves first. How can you show yourself appreciation to others if you're not going to appreciate yourself? You know, that's that's one of my mm. big, big things. Mm. It's always make yourself feel good, then other people around you will feel good too. Mm. So, listeners, you're very fortunate to have us connecting with you today, wherever you are in the world. We're both authors, in case you may or may not know, and uh, I'm writing my second book now, which is a children's book, and then following, that's ready for editing now, and then straight away I'll be following with my third book. So, in saying that, when I wrote my first book, Fearless, Fearless, don't you love that cover? I do. It's got a red zip on it. It's got a red whistle with a zip on it, which means I was a, a, a two times whistleblower against corruption and fraud in the Queensland government. And it really needs to fix. And then uh, in the last parliamentary session before our Queensland elections last year, they changed the Public Service Act. So I speak about that a lot in here. But also what I do in this is not just all doom and gloom. In this book, at the end of each chapter, I give the reader lots of opportunities to help themselves and lots of simple tips and tricks and in that book and you can buy that book online uh you can go to my website tracytully.com which is t-r-a-c-y-t-u-l-l-y.com no e's obviously you can get that even as an ebook if you like ebooks and what it will do is we'll give you lots of wonderful methods that I've designed. So number one is, I think you'll see at the end of the first or second chapter, my five micro habits. And then there's another one in there, another method that I love and adore and developed 
uh, when I gave up smoking for the third time. And it was called What Goals. And my what goals is a very simple uh, um, step plan to change a bad habit. So we were talking about making good, simple micro habits, but when you want to change a bad habit, uh, an addictive habit, that's a whole different ball game altogether. So my what goals was a method that I decided that I needed to do to give up smoking. I tried twice. This is going back a long time. My kids were tiny. I tried to give up smoking a couple of times using artificial uh, things like the patches and all sorts of things. And I was absolutely so ill doing it. And my sister and I were giving up at the same time and we were talking and, and we said, let's go cold turkey. It's the only way. And it was the only way because an addiction is all it is. It's an addiction. Once again, it's a mindset. It's a dirty, filthy habit and there's nothing more to it. It's not good for anyone around us and it's not good for our own bodies. So what do we do about it? It's really simple. So I use the word what to leverage every single action. So number one is you write on a piece of paper what. So that's the W in the word what. What is it that you, what habit, one simple habit that you need to kick? So it's smoking cigarettes. Yep, smoking cigarettes. The next one is how are we going to do it? Now, it took me a while to understand what was going wrong when I was trying to give up smoking the previous two times. So what was going wrong was I didn't know what what habit I was doing that made me smoke, that connected me to have my first cigarette every morning. And you'll notice I'm a, everything happens in the morning and it does. So my first cigarette, I was having a cup of delicious coffee. The aroma smelt lovely. The feeling felt good. I'd have my 4 a.m., 5 a.m. coffee and I'd have my dirty, filthy durry as well. Durry, that's an Aussie word. (laughs) Cigarette fag, you know. It's just garbage that you're putting in your mouth. Anyway, I think back and I think, oh, gosh, gosh, what a bad habit. And so... When I really sat down and thought about it, the habit I wanted to give up was giving up smoking, but the how, how was I going to do it, I really hadn't thought through and I hadn't made the connection of how to do it correctly. So I gave up coffee for six weeks before I started giving up or decided to give up smoking. All right, so look at if it's it's something like smoking that you want to get rid of, You can get rid of that nasty addictive habit habit easily. Mm. There is no excuse for it. Smoking cigarettes, it's in your head, that's all. You can either pick them up or not. You can either buy them or not. No one's making you do it. So no blame, no excuses going to cut it, not with me or anyone else. Bad habits, bad addictions, that's what they are. But think about it. What is it that helps you? break that uh, and make that habit the first thing in the morning. Mine was coffee. If you're a smoker and you want to stop smoking, what is it? What is it that makes you light up that first cigarette in the morning? When I was a smoker, I realised what it was Mm. that I was smoking because I did not enjoy the taste. I did not enjoy the smell. I did not enjoy the feeling, any of it. It It was the inhaling this is what made me start meditating because I was breathing. Ah. And it was the breath. It was that feeling of 
inhaling that cigarette was what I was craving. And mm. I, like you, realized what my trigger was. It was the breath that was making me want to. So I started to do more breathing exercises. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I won't say I did yoga. I tried it. It was yeah. a bit difficult for me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I keep trying. Doing the downward dog. <laughs> downward dog. Downward dog. I can do that one. I can do that one. There's a couple I can't do, but I can do that one. Um, so, yeah, I literally realized, like you said, the habit. So I, I did the cold take, and I was like, right, I'm going to introduce breath. And I've never looked back. Three and a half years, I've never looked back, and I never will. Yeah. So, so I agree. We've got we've got the word what W H A T and they're the four points like my five micro habits they're the four points to leverage kicking a really dirty filthy disgusting addictive habit so we've got what is the habit you're going to get rid of how are you going to get rid of it and that answer is not oh I'm not going to buy cigarettes it is look a bit further look a bit deeper than that to see what's going on the next one the A of the word at is achieve tiny achievable steps. Now, for smoking, it was really simple. You give it up. You stop it. Cold turkey. So coming into the day that you've decided you're going to give up smoking, you've got rid of all the coffee, you're not going to smell coffee, you're not going to have coffee coffee in the house, you've got rid of it all, and not only that, you've replaced it with a glass of water for six weeks beforehand. Likewise, it's the preparation for that habit So you have emptied all the ashtrays, you've packed them away or you've thrown them in the bin, you haven't got the money in your purse to buy cigarettes, you're not going anywhere to buy cigarettes and you're not going to smoke anyone else's dirty, filthy cigarettes, coffin nails we call them too. So it's achieving those little steps very, very simply will help you from the moment you go cold turkey, which means you stop immediately. There is no, oh, I'll just have one and I'll cut down to one a day. One is not breaking a bad habit. It's zero. It's zero. So you've got to achieve those small steps. So some of the things I did to achieve my small steps was I decided to set myself two Pilates um, sessions a week so that I had to go to that. So I was thinking about other things. I was making my body feel good. I increased my arm weights. I performed more daily stretches in the day. I looked at myself in the mirror, my full body, to look at my muscle definition to see if it was going to improve over those periods of time so that I could physically see my stats, so to speak. So I was looking at it, not emotionally, but from a more physiological way and a more... um, simple scientific way so I did uh, set myself some goals and so in the what the last word the fourth word is t uh, letter is t and that's time you set yourself a time uh, that you're going to do it in well for me it was really simple it was immediate so it was like a zero it's finished it's right today but in the time you need to set yourself a reward and this is one of the biggest things I achieved when we gave up smoking is because I informed the family that this this is the day I'm giving up smoking and this is what I'm going to do. I had a, a, a jar and I said I'm going to put in every week, I'm going to put in the cash that I would have wasted buying a packet of cigarettes and I put it in the jar. So on the first day I gave up smoking, I made sure I told everyone what I was doing so there's no backing out and I put that money in the jar and I put it in the pantry in the kitchen so everyone could see, see it. And I sat the family down and I said, help me with this, please. I really need your help. 
and your support. And this jar is going to grow. And I'm going to take you to the Falls Creek, which is a ski field in um, southern Australia. And I said, that's what we're going to go. I always want to take my kids skiing. I said, that's what we're going to do with that money. It's going to grow. And it did every week. And within four weeks, I was just throwing double the amount. So in those days, it was $25 for a pack of cigarettes. Then I started putting $50 in a week. And then my husband's watching that and growing because everyone's getting excited. We're going to go to Falls Creek. It's going to take us to Falls Creek. And then he put $50 in. And then the kids would get their pocket money and they'd put money in. And then all of a sudden I was on the phone booking our trip for September that year and we were going to go to Falls Creek. It kept going. And so what I was doing was building different, new, positive habits. The whole family was involved. Everyone was learning that and it was a really strong lesson for everyone. And not only did we have the money to pay the 16-hour car trip fuel to get down there, we had the accommodation because, you you, you know, you're not going to do it 16 hours like I would without kids. I would, but not certainly not with kids. So you have accommodation on the way. Then you've got your accommodation on the snowfields. Then you've got your ski lifts. Then you've got your ski high. Then you've got your, oh, it goes on and on and on. Very, very expensive. But I had it all there. What was the bonus? That was our reward. But then on the last day of skiing, the hotel management rang me and I said, guess what? And we'd seen all these new snowfalls. It's very exciting, very sad leaving. He said, we're staying open for another week. Would you like a highly discounted rate to stay another week? Wow. <laughs> and we were snowing for the first time in fresh, fresh, deep snow, and it was wonderful. So was it worth it to kick that addictive habit? Yes, it was. Think about it. Think about it today in your life and think about what you're going to do and how you're going to kick a nasty, dirty, filthy, addictive habit. And then reset your mind every morning with my five micro habits and follow Zelda's advice and give yourself a hook <laughs> and follow her advice about about self-awareness and, and uh, helping yourself. Really, really important. Another thing you lose out when you smoke as well, people will often say, like, about talk about social isolation. When a person smokes, I have this because my husband smoked way after I did, and I didn't like him near me, so I was pushing him away predominantly. But he, um, I said to him, I don't get time with you. Because you are losing so much of your life because you're going outside for a cigarette or you're going over there to buy cigarettes. You're taking the time to go. Obviously, everything in our life revolved around his smoking time. So I lost time with him and he stopped and we have so much more valuable time together because he is not wasting his moments smoking and doing the things that are not healthy. Great. He's found quality of life. And he probably smells more pleasant. Okay, guys, we've run out of time. Thank you so much for listening today for another 60 minutes of Tracy Tully Talks brought to you by bbsradio.com. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. Australian time, A-E-S-T, and 5 p.m. PT time in America. Contact me via my website at www.bbsradio.com forward slash Tracy Tully Talks, no ease. Scroll down to the bottom of the page and leave me a message. Have a great time and uh, we'll catch you up next week. And I have another lovely lady that I'm speaking to, Anita East. So all the best for today and it's farewell from me. And goodbye from me. Cheers. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to another 60 Minutes of Inspiring Talking Points on Tracy Tully Talks, brought to you by bbsradio.com. 
Tune in every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Australian time, AEST, and 5 p.m. PT time in America. Leave me a message on my website at www.bbsradio.com forward slash Tracy Tully Talks. If you're interested in lifting the profile, presence and profit of your business, sponsorship opportunities are available. Until next Thursday, it's goodbye from me. Thank you.